Welcome, and thank you for joining us today for the teaching and preaching ministry from Central Baptist Church, Kannapolis, North Carolina. As senior pastor, Dean Hunter shares from the Bible how to live in a fallen world. The goal of Central Baptist Church is to change the world by teaching the Word of God. Come, let's listen in. Thank you for coming back tonight. I know there are people who would rather not hear what um, I told you was going to happen tonight. And I'm going to hopefully address that as we do exactly what I said, which is tonight is going to be different. I'm obviously not expositionally going to open up a passage of Scripture and go verse by verse as to why we should be engaged in the P word, politics. But hopefully tonight, um, there, there are just a decent number of people here. Once again, I say most churches, most pastors would love to have the Sunday night crowd on a Sunday morning. Most, most churches, most pastors in North Carolina would like to have our Wednesday night crowd on a Sunday morning. 90% of churches, Baptist churches in North Carolina run under 100, and, um, which is not a, a negative by any stretch, but I appreciate you being here tonight. It is different. I do preach expositionally 96.3% of the time, which is how I believe God expects his word to be preached. But tonight, I want to look at a topic that is definitely on the forefront of a lot of people's minds. And um, let me just get it out of the way there. Even in this crowd tonight, there are people that are gung-ho for what I'm about to say. And then there's some people that are kind of skeptical. And um, I believe in the church, the American Christian church, that's one of the most significant hurdles in our country is because people have believed a strategic lie of our enemy that Christians should not be involved. And that's why we're in the position we're in today. I'm, I'm convinced of that. And uh, hopefully if we look at some scripture, look at some truths from God's word, and just some plain good old-fashioned common sense, we'll see our need to be involved. I'll say this, I don't have a verse to go directly to it, but I believe God expects us to be involved in our country, um, involved in leadership. I believe we ought, we being believers, ought to have a seat at the table when major decisions are being made. And there are ways in our country, because of our country, where we have an opportunity to be at the table. There are countries that we see in the news every day who the people, the citizens of that country have no say in what goes on. Unfortunately, the silence I'm hearing is probably many of us thinking, well, we've come to the place in America where we don't have a say. That is not the case. I also believe that is a strategy of Satan himself to keep people on the um, stools of Doolittle. I used to hear that said. And say, well, it doesn't matter if I get involved. They're going to do what they want to do anyway. That's a lie. Now, quick 20-second timeout. Do I think there's some fishy business going on with the ballots and at the polls? Absolutely. I think there's some fishy business going on. I think it's always went on. And I think it'll continue 
Probably as long as people are in control of ballots. Because people are messed up. But it doesn't mean we don't have a say. Doesn't mean we shouldn't vote. I don't have what I'm about to say in my notes, but I've said this for years and years and years. This is not one of my five reasons why we ought to be involved in government and politics. But I believe one of the reasons that's really important that I'll never lose sight of and that I think the duty is on our shoulders as adults, my age, and over, because I'm old now, like many of you, And I, I, I hope our young, I was, I don't know if y'all know, know this, but I was a youth pastor here for 12 years. I like students. I like kids. I have two of them myself. I do like mine better than yours, but I am not a mean old man who thinks kids are idiots and have no seat at the table. If anything, in the history of this church, in my 16 going on 17 years being an employed pastoral staff here, I've tried to ensure, and many people know, I've tried to ensure that our students are actively involved in the membership of our church. I think that's key to keeping them later in life. So whatever I say is not any shun or defamation toward our younger generation, but they've been trained differently than we have, they've been taught differently than we have, and there's unfortunately been a younger generation of parents who have shirked their responsibility to teach them and train them, not just biblical principles, but national, American historical truth, and one of them is this, honor, revere our men and women who have served in the armed forces. I'm not saying that we've got kids here today who don't, I'm saying we live in a nation where our kids, our teenagers, and a young generation not only does not honor and revere them, they despise them in many ways. And in our lifetime, in the older lifetime, there was one generation, that most of the, the, those who served in Vietnam, who were probably the first to really experience uh, a detestation for them when they came back home, which is unfortunate. It's a black eye in American history, I believe. They were doing what they were called to do by their commander-in-chief. They did it. And we've got people in this church, and you know friends and family, that, that suffered through the torment of Vietnam. But probably as close to that is unfortunate to say is we see that today with a lot of young people in our country who don't honor men and women who have fought and who are fighting in our armed forces. All that said, one of my strong opinions is we have a right, we have an obligation to be involved, to vote. If for any other reason, and I don't need a Bible verse for this, by the way, is because there are men and women who have died who have lost limbs, who have been harmed for the remainder of their life, mentally, emotionally, and physically, for the freedom that we have here. And one of the greatest freedoms America has ever had and ever will have is the freedom to go into a, a poll place and vote for our leaders. That's a freedom that many people around the world never, ever will experience. And if any reason we need to be involved, it's for, it's for the memory, it's for the honor and duty of those who, are, who have fought and who are fighting. I had a grandfather who suffered severe PTSD before PTSD was even invented. 
And many of you know people like that. I had a grandfather. Leanne had a grandfather. My aunt had a dad who served on the front lines, who I'll never forget was in a foxhole with a German tank over the top of him. Most of us will never come close to experiencing what that man could hardly talk about. That man couldn't hear a firework without going into hysterics because he shot a mortar and heard the screaming missiles and the screaming bombs for days on days. May we never, may we never get so numb to what these men and women went through that we don't honor them and that we don't take advantage of the greatest freedom privilege we have, which is to have a say, fill in the circle of who represents us. So that was free. That's part of the introduction. I know what's, what I'm about to say is somewhat um, controversial. All you've got to do is Google and research, and you can pick your number of preachers, teachers, leaders who um, have opinions. But I was told a long time ago, opinions are like belly buttons. We all have them. How about that? At least most of us do. At some point, we had one. All right? So I brought, anybody have Miss Edmonston when you were at Kannapolis Middle School? See? Y'all had Miss Edmonston. I had Miss Edmonston. Oh, there's a Miss My mom had Miss Edmonston. I think her great-great-grandfather had Miss Edmonston. Um, <laughs> when I come in with a load of books, I always think about Miss Edmonston. Thankfully, I only had her for homeroom. She was a mean, no, she was a nice, old, mean lady. And, but she pushed a buggy around. Did anybody remember pushing a buggy around? At Kannapolis Middle School, she pushed a buggy around, like a food line or table supply buggy with all of her um, young people don't know about table supply. Anyway, um, she had all of her books, so I thought I needed a buggy tonight. Some of you take notes. Some of you take this stuff serious. There, there, is ample, there are ample resources to help us out. To answer the question of why we should be involved, should we be involved, how involved should we be, and uh, one we actually have here, uh, Family Research Council. Uh, by the way, now's a good time. I just reminded myself. Thanks, Tim. Um, go ahead and throw this up here. This is part of the introduction commercial. Drum roll, please. All right. You may know about this. Uh, Justin mentioned this Sunday, just this morning. It's uh, on social media. It's in our, in our bulletin now. Uh, on October 16th, that Sunday night, at um, Trinity Baptist Church, which is Dr. Mark Harris's church in, um, almost said Huntersville, Mooresville. Uh, we're going to have a joint service like we had here. He called me a couple weeks ago and said, hey, we'd like to do what we did last year, but you guys come here. If you know anything about Family Research Council, they are the leading uh, national Christian, really lobbyist for the cause of Christ in Washington, D.C., and um, they are doing great things. Tony Perkins is a Marine veteran, was a former pastor and a founder, CEO, whatever, of Family Research Council. And uh, he, Tony, Tony Perkins wants to come to North Carolina because North Carolina is uh, in, it's on the front stage, front page of politics in the nation. And uh, our, our state, I don't know about you, and I'm going to say a lot of stuff that you may, or, I just hope we're all friends when we leave. I love our country and all of its imperfections. I love our country. I'm gonna to continue to love our country. I'm not gonna let the enemy and some Democrat or some antichrist tell me that loving your country is wrong. Ridiculous, that's how we got the part of how we got. I like North Carolina. 
I don't like some of our leadership, and it's unfortunate that one of those guys represents us, but I, I'm proud to be a North Carolinian. I'm proud to be an American, where at least I know I free everybody Lee Greenwood. And so, um, but North Carolina is on the front page and uh, front and center in politics because our state has changed, and it's changing. And um, trying to say how, uh, anyway. Uh, so it's pivotal, North Carolina's pivotal. And Tony Perkins wants to come to North Carolina and do an event. Uh, Justice Paul Newby, uh, Chief Justice of our North Carolina Supreme Court, is going to be speaking. Uh, my picture's up there, Dr. Harris' picture up there, but we're just kind of filling in some time, and I'm going to pray and say a couple words. But Tony Perkins is the main speaker. Uh, Paul Newby, if you know Paul Newby, North Carolina Chief Justice of the Supreme Court, he is born-again conservative, loves Jesus. He's not one, he's, he genuinely does, and he is concerned uh, and wants to be at an event in North Carolina. Obviously, he's in North Carolina because we could potentially lose a conservative Supreme Court in North Carolina. If you've watched any news, read any resources, you know the key positions in our country that have made a difference have been justices, courts, uh, attorney generals, they're the ones who are making all the moves. I don't have to, I don't think I have to tell you a lot of things. Um, I hope you're doing some good research and, and understand what's going on. But uh, like him or not, and when I read a verse of scripture that says when the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice, I am not talking about and I am not giving the, um, the title of righteous to our former president. Any of them for that matter, much less Donald J. Trump. But he did what he said he was going to do. And the oddity of Donald Trump is that as lavish and crazy of a lifestyle he had, something happened to him. I'm not saying he got born again, although I've got a book, The Faith of Donald Trump. Something happened to that man where he was, he had a, a strong appeal for conservative Christian leaders. I know this for a fact. I've been with people who've been in a room with him that were called, and he wanted to hear what they had to say, and he told them to their face, you tell me what to do, and I'll walk out the door and go do it, and he did exactly what he told them he would do. He, for, for any right, wrong, or indifferent, he surrounded himself with Christian leaders, national leaders, and listened to them, and then went out and did what he said he was going to do. There is a reason this man has been all but martyred for what he did in four years. It's not because he's a born-again Christian. He may be, but that's between him and God. It's because he went out and he did what he said he was gonna do and he confronted all of the garbage, all the political ties. This is a man who wrote millions and millions of dollars of checks to everybody, including the Democrats, that turned their back on him because he was supporting things that we hold dear in the word of God. I can't explain it all, but I know he did it. Nobody has ever deserved what that man is going through. But if there's any reason, or there's any rationale, if there's any answer for where we're at spiritually in America, look at how they're treating him. Look at the people who have been put in handcuffs that just su supported him and served with him. Never in any, the oldest Methuselah person in here, never have you seen Never in the nation's history 
have we seen what we saw just a few weeks ago when they went into his home. This is not because they didn't like Donald Trump. This is because they didn't like how he was confronting their radical ideology. It's true. What's that got to do with North Carolina? Everybody's looking at North Carolina. Um, Tony Perkins wants to be here. The Supreme Court Justice wants us to vote conservative Supreme Court justices because they make or break what happens in this country. And so be there. Uh, I'm not supposed to say this out loud, but um, our lieutenant governor is going to be traveling to this event. He's coming from one event to another. If you haven't heard Mark Robinson in person, you don't want to miss that. Um, all the cameras are always rolling and the audios are always going when he gets up because he's basically like a, a Baptist preacher. Um, but he's a little worse than I am. He's a lot worse than I am. And he's our lieutenant governor. If you want to know how messed up and crazy politically North Carolina is, you got Roy Cooper and you got Mark Robinson. And um, I think they're not very similar. So um, fortunately, you Democrats might have Roy Cooper as your presidential candidate. It wouldn't that be fun? Say <laughs> for North Carolina. Anyway, that, that, anyway, I have resources. Come to that event. We're working on buses because the choir's going to be sing, singing, but uh, we want you to plan to be there. It's about 27 minutes away based on map, so it's not that far. It'll be fun. It'll be encouraging. And um, even if Mark Robinson doesn't make it, he didn't want to be put on the, the list because he didn't want to say he's coming and then not be able to make it. So there's time constraints, but he's literally traveling from the mountains to uh, Mooresville that day from a previous event. And um, I think he'll make it based on my insider knowledge. You don't want to miss that. It'll be fun. I have some resources. One is from Family Research Council. See how that got crazy? Uh, we've got them out there. Lisa does a great job with our culture impact table. These are free. If you start stealing them, we'll have to start charging. But no, you can take one. This is, uh, there's several little books like this. This one's called Biblical Principles for Political Engagement. We have several out there that they publish now. Uh, they call it the Center of Biblical, uh, for Center for Biblical Worldview. We have some on sexuality. Uh, probably my mind's blank, but this is the one that gives a lot of practical information about how we should be engaged. This is one that someone gave me a while back. If you're taking notes, I'll have all this down here. Uh, it's by Richard Land. Uh, he, that should be a somewhat familiar name to some Baptists. Uh, Christians in the Public Square, Faith and Practice. And then here's a good one. Uh, I was fortunate, I always like to say this because it makes me sound important. If you don't know who William or Bill Federer is, you should. Uh, he wrote this book. This book is like an encyclopedia for every Christian who's involved in any way. It's called America's God and Country. It's an encyclopedia of quotations. There is more information than you could ever possibly use in this book, this was given to me by Kim Kenny back in the day. Uh, Kim's gonna be speaking at our, what's that called, Festival of Tables. You don't wanna miss that, ladies. And then he also wrote this book, the For God and Country. Why do I talk about him? I spoke behind Bill Federer one time at a conference, so there you go. Um, made me feel special. No, don't time. So there's a funny story behind that, but I won't tell you that. Um, I was in Colorado, and I was lightheaded, and because um, the air's different there, and they started pumping me full of water and oxygen water. Have you ever had that before? Well, um, Bill Federer was speaking, and I was about to, um, my levee was about to break, 
but I was on the front row in reserved seats watching Bill Federer, and I was like, there is no way I'm ever getting up in the middle of this with Bill Federer, and I'm going to be looked at. So uh, I just about died that day. But this is when I walked in tonight. They didn't know it, but um, someone gave me this book. This is by Erwin Lutzer. If you are a Baptist and don't know who Erwin Lutzer are, is you, um, you get your Baptist title revoked. I called We Will Not Be Silenced. And this is a, a relatively newer book. David Jeremiah wrote the foreword. Here are two staples. This is taking up my time. I know that, but I want you to know these are available. These are absolutely golden. I've told you about these before. Probably, if you're new here, you might not. This is called the Founder's Bible. Has anybody ever heard David Barton in person? About 30 years ago, 25, 30 years ago, David Barton actually spoke here at Central Baptist Church. He is uh, one of the world's um, most well-known, world, I mean, Christian uh, historians, and he is solid. His son's kind of taken up the mantle now. Uh, If you don't know who David Barton is, uh, please go look him up. Uh, Is it Founder's? Founders.org, I believe, is his website. This book is full of, number one, God's words and a lot of history about America's godly foundation. And then this one is called the American Patriots Bible. If uh, you know who Dr. Richard Lee is, he used to pastor up where uh, Chad and Becky went to church. Uh, He's retired. He wrote this. He didn't write the Bible, but he wrote the notes and put them all together there. These are great resources. In 18 days, we'll be able to start voting for our next leader. I hope I can omit some time by saying I hope we're aware of how important it is that we register and that we vote biblical conviction. As I said this morning, we can't excuse and say, I don't want to get involved. You know, I'm team Jesus, Jesus 2022. Uh, He ought to be Lord of your life, but we can't vote for him for president. We can't vote for him for our senator. Matter of fact, one of our senators on the ballot spoke here. Uh, Ted Budd is going to be running for Senate. You've probably seen his commercials. Uh, He's a friend of Cheryl Beasley, if you haven't figured that out. But um, I want to say something that I said the day he was here. And I, and I know how this works. I've been doing this long enough, not the pastor thing, but I've been involved with the bright people and the wrong people, whatever, for long enough. I know how this works. Someone will come speak, and the, the perception is, well, he just wants to come and tell the church, you know, blah, 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 and try to get the church vote. Well, some of them do that. But I can assure you, me and Mark Harris have had many conversations. I trust Mark Harris. Mark Harris is solid. And... Um, I've never had anybody here, I've never met anybody or had them speak, definitely in our church, that I don't get some insight on, that we can trust who they say they are. And um, here's here's what I figured out, we're we're all humans, we're all in this together. Just because somebody's a senator, just some kind of, I'm gonna give them honor and I'm gonna, but they're one of us and they're frail and they're human and they're capable of sinning. If they say they're going, I know Richard Hudson personally, if he says I'm a missionary, I'm gonna hold him accountable as a missionary for Jesus in Congress. And I told Ted Budd to his face back there in the office and I told him out in front of the church, you come in here and you say this stuff, if you don't, we're gonna hold you accountable for it. That's, that's the role of government and that's the role of the people who appoint those people there. And we do that. And um, so, just a few days we'll start to be able to express our opinions, if you will. 
This year, there's 34 out of 100 Senate seats up for election. That makes a difference. Everybody understands that we're 50-50 right now? All 435 congressional seats are up for election this year. Every congressman, every congresswoman is up this year. The, the Bible says in Proverbs 29.2, when the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. But when the wicked bear rule, the people mourn. Do we need to look at Exhibit A? We're a part of Exhibit A. Proverbs 21.1. I love this verse of Scripture. I hold it dear and close to my heart often when I get frustrated, which is occasional. The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord as the rivers of water. He turns it wherever he will. I honor our leaders. I respect our leaders. I respect the position. Honest before God, he knows my heart, I do. I'd love to sit and talk to Joe Biden. I'd love to sit and talk to Donald Trump. I would shake their hand and say, yes, sir, no, sir, and all the good stuff that I'm supposed to do. I'll never sit and talk to either one. I'm aware of that. But I respect and I honor the position. But even on their worst days when they make the most silly anti-God decisions, I'm reminded that God is sovereign, he's in control, and, and just with the movement of his hand, he can change the heart of a king, of a president, of a leader. I hope, we, I hope our attention is keen to history and right now what's going on. And it's such a vast, I know you're like, well, somebody ought to do that for me and regurgitate it. Just a few weeks ago, and I'm not going to elaborate, there were like three major events that happened within 36 hours internationally that no one was expecting. Part of that involved the queen die. There were several things that happened. They got a new prime minister. She swore in the new prime minister just days before she died. Their former prime minister just walked off the stage and said, y'all can have it, you know, basically. International events taking place overnight that nobody was prepared for. And it reminded me, God's sovereign. God's in control. And even though we think we know what's happening or we, we can look and you know, read the tea leaves, this is going to happen, we have no idea because God's in control and God's sovereign. And he can change the heart of a man and a woman. If there's anything you don't agree with, well, let's at least agree on this. And I'm going to read the passage later. God desires for church, for the church, to pray for their leaders. Pray for them. And if I've learned anything, and I'm being very honest, when I, I mean, there's sometimes I want to pray to the good Lord, something happened. But I pray oftentimes because what's certainly out of my control is God changed their stinking dirty heart. The same stinking dirty heart that I have that except for the grace of God, I could be making stupid decisions like many of them make that actually affect the rest of the world. God can change their heart. And he tells us to pray for them. He tells us to honor them. A couple little foundational things. The five are gonna be quick for those of you who are stressed about it. 
In Psalm chapter 11, verse 3, I love this. Are y'all ready for me to get the number one? Is that where you're at? Hurry up. If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? Now, there would be some that would say, well, that's talking about the foundations of God's law and God. It, it's not. Now, it has to do with God's law, it has to do, but it's the foundations of how we got to where we were. Not America. Obviously, that's in Psalm. But there are foundations that countries and um, nations are built on. And I don't need to go through and bore you with the reality that our nation was founded on Judeo-Christian values. The, the four, our, there's so much, trust me, y'all are gonna be happy and thank me that I didn't make this a six-part series. Our government, our system, our three-tiered system of government, our uh, elected official representing us comes from the Old Testament. God instituted government. We followed it, America followed some of the, the teachings of how to establish a government, a representative government from the Old Testament. You can't deny that. You can deny it and you can be wrong and blatantly an antichrist, but that's truth. And the Bible says when we forget the foundations, when we destroy the foundations, what can we do? Well, we can do something so it's not hopeless, but let's not get to that place on our watch. And we're slowly seeing the foundations erode. A lot of people say, well, preachers shouldn't be addressing political issues. I'm going to talk about that in a second. We had not even got there yet. You don't have to be a paid researcher to figure out that there was a day in American history and even furthermore in British history when they were, when they were getting tired of what they were getting tired of, that Christian preachers spoke boldly and had sermon titles addressing the king and their rules. It wasn't popular. I can assure you the king wasn't happy with it and royalty wasn't happy with it and I guarantee you there were some sitting on the pew saying, I can't believe they're gonna do, talk about that. But look what happened because of it. They were not afraid to address it. Early in America's history, in the first hundred years, it was nothing. For some of the preachers and some of the pastors that we hold high, talk about the great theologians that would address social issues that were being politi politicized in American politics. So we, we just, I don't know when it changed, but it changed gradually. And we, got, we went in a matter of a hundred years from it being a regular occurrence I'm gonna pull out a name here, some people like, some people don't like. Dr. Martin Luther King was killed, assassinated for addressing social, political issues that were deeply held biblical conviction. Now there was a lot of other reasons why people didn't like him. I'm not here to argue that. But this man preached sermons in churches using scripture as to why we're all created equal under God and nobody should be second class or whatever. 
Many preachers through the first hundred years talked about things like prohibition, they talked about slavery, they talked about civil rights, talked about women's rights, and they had, they had their sermons that were titled directly affecting those issues. hundred years later, we got people in church that I can't believe he's talking about politics. What happened? We, we bought a lie. We bought a strategy. We've, we've played into the hands of our enemy, and now the church is seemingly rendered useless and powerless when it comes to these issues. God did establish family, God established government, God established the church. I, I set this other resource over here to the side because it's separate from these. This is a good resource. This is called the Constitution of the United States of America. It's a pretty good document. You understand this country is 200 plus years old and we're the strongest nation on the planet and you can have a copy of this in your pocket that you can read? That was intentional by our founding fathers. You can read this and it makes sense. Should make sense <laughs> if you read it. That's a treasure. This is a treasure that we have access to this and this country for the most part, it's still ran by this. Why? I think it has something to do with God here. I think it has to do with spiritual men, spiritual women, spiritual people that got together and prayed to God for guidance, and they created a, a document like this that has lasted for a couple hundred years, that if we do it, it works. Now, I think they messed up with the two years for the, for the congressman. I think that was kind of silly, um, but who am I? All they do is campaign in politics because they, they have to run every two years. Y'all ready? Y'all ready for number one? You're mad already? Everybody good? Number one, why should we be involved? Because you already are. I told you this morning we'd get through it quickly because I covered number one. People don't like to talk about politics because politics is a bad word. It's a dirty word. There's a perception that all politics, everybody involved in politics is a crook. You can't trust anybody. The word politics comes from a Greek word. That polis, like Kanapolis, means city. Cities or states. It's political entities ruled by a body of citizens. That's what politics is. It's a city, state, or government ruled by people. Well, don't you be talking about that. That's who we are. That's what you do. Every day, you're in politics. Every time you get a paycheck, you're involved in politics. It's a government that's ran by the people. And the people decided, but we all decided to take 38% out of our paycheck. Thanks for those great decisions you made. Or whatever the percentage is. Don't, don't do the math, you'll be upset tomorrow when you figure that out. But it's part of politics. It's part of government. We decided now, we don't always agree with what they do with our 38%, but we did agree that the government takes this money out and they operate a system that keeps us safe and keeps us, you know, keeps hurricanes from happening. There are a couple right now that say if you vote for them, no more hurricanes will happen. Y'all see that? She was a presidential candidate. If you elect us, this won't happen. It's amazing. I've got a litany of fun quotes. 
Do y'all know what the Babylon Bee is? Um, if you like the Babylon Bee, I like you. If you don't, there's probably a reason we don't get along. But the Babylon Bee is uh, it's satire. They make up funny stories based on real news, and it's just really far-fetched. Well, the CEO of Bab- uh, Babylon, the, the Babylon Bee, is now saying that some of the craziness going on is so bad, they're writing the satire for them, and you can't differentiate between what's satire and what's real. Like Amy Klobuchar saying, if you vote us in, no more hurricanes. Our president just this past week said, the best way you can prepare for Hurricane Ian is to be vaccinated. (laughs) He literally said that this week. I'm not making that up. Did anybody see it to know that the, the best way you can prepare for Hurricane Ian is to be vaccinated? My house is gone, but I may not get COVID. But I probably will. You can't make this stuff up. It's, it's hilarious. But then right after the laugh stops and you take a deep breath, you go, oh, dear Lord, what's going on? The man's shaking hands with invisible people. Right? I'm, I'm going to stop there. But we see this happening, and he's the most powerful man on the planet. He's our leader. We laugh. Then we cry, then we get scared. But at some point we say, Paul said, pray for our leaders. So then we do. Seriously, we have to. We have, we have this, you can't make this. There are people that want Dr. Jill Biden to be America's doctor. And she has an EDD, She's, her doctorate is in education. Someone recently said she's one of the best medical doctors there are in America. She could be a superintendent, but not a doctor. This is where we're at. You're already involved. We're a a group of citizens leading a city, a state, a government. Somewhere I've heard for the people, by the people. It's all about us. Of the people, by the people, for the people. That's what politics is. Don't buy the lie that we shouldn't be involved. We're already involved. I read one quote that said, because government and its laws are an inextricable part of our lives, there's no way to avoid some level of involvement. Y'all do know we live in a democratic republic. You know what that means? Democracy means a system of government by the whole population or all the eligible members of a state, typically through elected representatives. A republic is a state in which supreme power is held by the people and their elected representatives and which has an elected or nominated president rather than a monarch. That's who we are. You're involved. We're the people. We're the leadership of this country. How dare we say we shouldn't be involved? Number two, the reason why we ought to be involved. This is a good one. I like this one. I'm glad I came to this. Because our enemy doesn't want you to be involved. Make this very clear. Our enemy is not a party. Seems that way at times. But our enemy is Satan. Our enemy is Satan and the third of the angels in heaven who fled, who fell, and followed him. 
and our enemy doesn't want us to be involved. Therefore, we ought to be involved. I talked this morning about the wiles of the devil, the tricks of the devil, the strategies of the devil. One of the strategies, I've got two quick strategies. One of the strategies Satan has used to keep the church out of politics is separation of church and state. And unfortunately, we've got people teaching our young people what it doesn't mean. Now, I don't need to go through that. I'm not a professor to give you that, but it's pretty clear. Thomas Jefferson was pretty clear. The letters that he wrote back and forth are very clear. Keep, if you know why America, the main reason America was established was because of a, a state religion, it's, it just behooves us with a little ounce of common sense to know that it certainly wouldn't mean what some people are saying it means. It means keep the state out of our religion. Keep the state out of the church. It's not in the Constitution anywhere. This is the original copy. No, it's not in here anywhere. It's in letters written by Thomas Jefferson back and forth to another leader. Talking about the separation of church and state. It's not the same as separation of powers. That's a whole different conversation for government, which we don't seem to have a lot of that going on these days either. It's to keep the state out of the church. We have freedom of religion in America. There's a couple things I could say about that, but I'm, that probably won't help. I, I fully expect the lost world to worship different gods and have different religion. In America, we have freedom of religion. So our neighbors, our coworkers, they can practice Buddhism, Hinduism, Islam, whatever they want to, well within the rights of American freedom. And the state shouldn't get into their religion no more than they should get into our religion. Well, uh, we got kids, we got teenagers, we got college, we got young adults who are convinced that what I'm doing tonight is of the devil because separation of church and state. And it's all based on a big lie of the devil and a bunch of his friends that are trying to convince people that we ought to be not involved. Number two, I think this is even more important. This lie that biblical issues are social issues. Now I say it and I understand what I mean by that. Life it's not a social or political issue. It's a biblical issue. God speaks about life. God is the author of life. God breathed life from the very beginning in creation. We all have life because of God, and we ought to cherish life. And I mean, you don't have to. What just happened with Roe versus Wade is, 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 is twofold mainly because we had a president who elected not just conservatives, but constitutionalists to the Supreme Court. That's their job, by the way, to know the Constitution and, and make ruling by the Constitution. That's why that changed. Now we got a, just an unleashing of anti-Christ, anti-life, anti-God governors. We'll talk about one of them in just a second your other Democratic candidate for president, Gavin Newsom. He is pretty, he's a pretty boy, ain't he? I, mm, I covet when I see Gavin Newsom. Marriage. You, you understand that marriage, and in, in, in your country right now, 
gay marriage is the law of the land. Supreme Court ruled that it's the law of the land. Previous Supreme Court, not this one. Well, that's politics. No, God instituted marriage. This is where marriage came from. It didn't come from the government. How dare we say we don't get in politics? Oh, that's, that's social issues. Really? Life is just social? Marriage is just social? Family is just social issues? No, those are the three major issues of our day. How about this one? We never thought we would be arguing about gender. But that's a social, that's politics. Let's not talk about politics. I hope, you, I hope there's something that bubbles up inside of you that's a little bit close to anger, a, a good godly anger that bubbles up inside of you when I say those four issues that the devil has tried to make us believe as a church and as pastors all over the place. Don't touch those issues. And those issues are foundational to America and any country that will ever continue to exist. When you sit down and have a five-minute conversation with your 12-year-old, and it start, I start to get mad at how dumb it sounds. Not my 12-year-old, me, that I'm having to say things that are so obvious. But yet we're building a country on falsities and I don't understand how, even if you, if you haven't gotten to biology yet, if you've done basic math, you can start to figure this out. We're gonna run out of people. Don't need to dig any further there, right? We're good on math and biology. How could it possibly sustain? How could any country, any government possibly sustain when, when men are marrying men and women are wearing marriage. Well, they can have children. How? They can adopt a child that was made biologically. There's crazy stuff going on. There's crazy, crazy stuff going on. And, and, and all we gotta do is read. All we gotta do is open our eyes. Why a man would ever wanna be pregnant, I don't know. I guarantee you, here's a little insight. He knows he won't have that baby the way his wife would have had that baby. Because it's not biologically possible. They can't do that kind of surgery. You want to see my diagram? I'm just kidding. <laughs> do you understand? We start to have these conversations with our kids and how dumb we start to sound. Well, if you, it's just nuts. And it's, it's, a, it's a strategy of the devil, our enemy. And we've got to understand that. We've got to be bold enough to say, that's garbage. That's crazy talk. How could you teach that? Honestly, for God, I believe if, I mean, I'm not that much older than some of these, but just teach biology. Just teach biology and leave the rest up to common sense you have to make this stuff up and it just gets crazier every level he doesn't want us to be involved church don't you be out there talking about life don't you be talking about abortion that's political that's a lie from satan don't you be talking about marriage and family that's how it's politics let 
Do you hear how stupid that sounds? Let's let the government make those decisions. No, God already made the decision. The church didn't even make the decision. The Baptists didn't make the decision. God made the decision already. He created them male and female, and he said the two shall become one, and they shall procreate. The end. And before the first biology book was ever created, that was written. That was instituted. Several weeks later, years later, decades later, millennia later, people figured it out and wrote about it. If you do this, this happens. Biology. And now we're trying to undo all of that? Church, you shouldn't get involved in biology. That's school stuff. Don't talk about school. I don't know. Something silly. Number three, I'm going to make this one quick and just leave it. Not being involved acknowledges you're satisfied with the status quo. That, that one, that's kind of offensive. I'm sorry. Uh, now, we, we'll lie. That's, I, I didn't mean to offend you that way. People will lie. People will convince themselves of why they're not involved and make it sound good. Like, well, it don't matter if I vote. Um, it'll matter to me if you tell me that. And you might not care if I care. You really might not. And that's fine. That's your opinion. But it bothers me when people say, I'm just not going to vote. I'm not going to get involved. You're involved. I'm fine. I'm fine with how they're doing. I'm fine with those decisions. Don't matter. How many of you know John MacArthur? Not personally, like you know of John MacArthur. Grace Community Church in the Golden State of California. John MacArthur is one of the world's most renowned theologians. Some of you may disagree with his eschatology or some of his opinions, but he has a large church and he's been solid. He's written commentaries. He's, he's solid. But he's never been much of a fighter as far as I know. And I'm not criticizing him. I don't know that he's had a need to fight, even though he was in California. But now they've got Gavin Newsom there. And he's a pretty boy. But he's evil. He's evil. And I think it ought to perk up our attention when the president's out of the country and Gavin Newsom's walking out of the White House. And he did. And he was, had his coat over and looked like a GQ model. How y'all doing? Yeah, I've just been there hanging out in Oval Office. Gavin Newsom, when Supreme Court overturned Roe versus Wade, brought it back to the states, which is how it should have been in the first place, Unfortunately, we got one of the most unrestrictive abortion laws in the state in North Carolina. We do. People are coming here to get abortions now. The, the largest abortion clinic in the southeast is 25 miles from here in Charlotte. Y'all know what Gavin Newsom has done? He's, he's put billboards up all over the country, not just in California, saying basically come to California and get your abortion, which is bad enough, but then he threw in a Bible verse. He, he threw in, it's in all the Gospels, but he threw in uh, Mark chapter 7, I'm sorry, Mark chapter 12, verse 31, which is Jesus responding to the lawyers who were trying to trick Jesus by asking him which was the greatest commandment, and he said, uh, love, your love God with your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And Gavin Newsom put up, with the California taxpayers dime, by the way, billboards all over, the, all over the country 
saying, come to California where you know, we love people, and quoted Jesus that we should love our neighbor as ourselves. So I got to do a John MacArthur. I got a two and a half page letter that he has written, an open letter to, to Gavin Newsom, and it is great. I love it. You can have a copy, you can make it yourself, it's free on the internet. The copy. I don't know why, other than he's a pastor and he loves God and he knows the truth, he chose to do it other than the fact that it, he's in California. But during COVID, the government came down hard on Grace Community Church and John MacArthur, the John MacArthur, the theologian John MacArthur. And they started finding him and another pastor in California that I know personal that I reached out to while this was going on, finding them for meeting and charged the pastor with trespassing for going to his church during COVID. This literally happened. John MacArthur started racking up bills by the state of California because they said, we're going to have church. Shortly after some of that was resolved, Grace Community Church had been leasing a parking lot from one of the cities where he's at, suddenly the lease ran up and said, no, you can't be parking there anymore. Wasn't that a coincidence? I'm not saying that John MacArthur's never been involved. I'm saying he's involved now. And I can't speak for him. I don't know him personally. I respect the mess out of him. But he was already involved. Y'all see where I'm at? And we're already involved. And right now, it's quiet and it's peaceful, but the day's coming where it's gonna be manifest in our faith, we're involved. And it's only an election or two away to where someone says, the church, the church is changing forever in America. We're only an election or two away where some antichrist gets in there, not the antichrist, but an antichrist person gets in and says, we're cutting ties with Israel. Why are we sending money to those people anyway? What are we getting out of them? It's happened. There are people right now who are potentially going to be a presidential candidate who have already said publicly, we need to break ties with Israel. Just a little insight, none of them have been Republican. That's how close we are. I don't know if John MacArthur was involved before, but he's involved now. And I, 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 I told him, I said, put up this first paragraph. Here's an excerpt. I told my wife coming over here, I said, um, in the most biblically Jesus-like verse of scripture way, he just rips Gavin Newsom to shreds. He starts his letter off with sir, which is good. I think he knows he's a man, but I'm not sure, but he's sir. Almighty God says in his word, righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a disgrace to any people. Proverbs 14, 34. Scripture also teaches that it is the chief duty of any civic leader to reward those who do well and to punish evildoers. Romans 13. You have, you have not only failed in that responsibility, you routinely turn it on its head, rewarding evildoers and punishing the righteous. How you doing, Governor? Good to see you. Yeah. <laughs> That's the most benign paragraph in the two and a half pages. I'm serious. It's worth a read. I wish I could read more to you, but time won't let me. It's worth you reading. And then I want you to ask yourself or ask your friends who struggle with this, 
Now, should he have done that? He shouldn't be involved in politics. Only a fool, and I use that word biblically, only a fool would tell a pastor or a church they shouldn't be involved when the government is breathing down their neck, charging them fines, and charging a pastor for trespassing going to his church office. Only a, a complete lunatic would say, don't be involved in that. Roll over and play dead. That's my opinion. Number four, Christians are to be salt and light. I don't need to read the verse of Scripture, but Jesus said we're salt and light. What does that mean? Everywhere we go, whatever we do, we're to be salt, we're to be light. We're to, we're to be salt to a generation, to a culture that needs a little flavor, and we're to be light in a dark world. How can you be light in a dark world and not be in the world? Jesus said, don't be, in, don't be of the world, but be in the world. He didn't have to say be in the world. We're in the world. He didn't take us out. We're still here. So to say don't be involved in politics is don't be here. Don't get in your car. You're getting involved in politics. Why? Because some goofy person made me put on a seatbelt. That's going to save everybody else's life. I get confused. This is me personally. This is nothing that you should take home with you. Anytime the government starts to worry about my health and my safety, I get a little. When they start handing out billions of vaccines because they're worried about you dying, but yet you can sit up in the hospital for two months and them never diagnose you with anything, I got issues. I start wondering, oh, what's going on here? That's just me, didn't need that. But anyway, I get a little, whew. I saw the other day, I was listening to, I was talking to somebody about a hospital that everybody seems to think is great, don't go to this other one. I said, if I get real bad sick, just take me down to South Ridge right now, South Ridge Vet, and see what happens. <laughs> I do business with them. I know they got good drugs there. Maybe they'll help me out. <laughs> now, if I am having a heart attack, make sure I go to a real hospital, just in case, because I think I'm close. All right, we're to be salt and light. Here's, here's a problem, and I believe the devil is part of this as well. It's called compartmentalization, and it's of the devil. What, is, what do I mean by that? Christians should only be Christians in Christian sex. And, and sex, S-E-C-T-S. When I said sex, some people over there perked up, I could feel S-E-C-T-S. Um, in religious group, you're, you're only Christian here within the walls of the church. Not supposed to be Christian when you go to work. Not supposed to be Christian when you go to Walmart, although that's a challenge. Not supposed to be Christian on the golf course or wherever else. You're just to be Christian. By the way, there's a difference in freedom of religion and freedom of worship. It may not mean anything to you. Take a note on it. Do a little research. A lot of the liberal politicians now are talking about freedom of worship. That is not the same as freedom of religion. Y'all look like you appreciate or you'll do some research and I won't elaborate. You're not looking like you're on board with me. Freedom of worship will fit into the confines of a church or a synagogue or a temple or a cathedral. Freedom of worship is at Walmart. I have the freedom of worship. I have freedom to worship the way I want to worship in public. That's the difference. These wise, many of them godly men knew that, and they said freedom of religion, not freedom of worship. There's a lot of liberals right now wanting to say, oh, we're all right with freedom of worship. You can do what you want to do at your church. That's not what this book teaches. This is what we live by in America as a citizen. 
compartmentalize. Jesus said, be salt and light. Paul said in Rome, Paul was a great theologian, but he talked about government. How dare he talk about that? And he said, not only pray for them, lift them up, support them, they're ministers of God for you. Why would he tell you to pray for them? Why would Paul tell Timothy to pray for our leaders if he didn't want us to have anything to do with them or be a part of it? That's silly. Number five, this is the last one. Don't have a good verse for it. Our children deserve it. The people that are coming behind us deserve us to be involved. I don't know the times. And some of you have said this. I've said similar things. I don't know the times. I've been in a setting with children, my children, baseball field, whatever, and hear some Christian say this. I can't imagine. Y'all know where I'm going? I can't imagine what they're going to live in. Just this last week, I was, I was somewhere, and there were a couple kids running around, and uh, somebody said, it. I said, I can't even imagine what kind of world they're going to grow up in. There are people now not having babies. There are people advocating for not having babies because of the world their babies are going to be born into. That's truth. Research backs it up. The verse of scripture that I have is Judges 2.10. A couple years ago, I was somewhere in this text and around it, and it caught my attention. I actually preached a little sermonette on it one time. If you know anything about God's people and judges, they just, they served God, and they failed God, and forgot God, and went crazy and did their own thing, and then God came back and said, repent, and I'll take you back in, and I'll wanting you to follow me again, and it was just a cycle, cycle, cycle. And in Judges chapter 2, verse 10, God says that there was a generation after them which knew not the Lord, nor yet the works which he had done for Israel. And the fear of every parent and grandparent's heart is that there would be a generation come up behind us that doesn't know God, doesn't know about his works. That there would be a generation behind us that doesn't love our country, doesn't support our country, does not honor our military, does not pray for our leaders, does not get involved in leadership. Just in the last 10 years, Family Research Council has been one of the leading kind of mechanisms for this. And I know this for a fact. They started pushing for Christians to get involved in politics. I beat them to the punch, by the way. This has been the last 10 years. Mark Harris is working on this. Um, it's one of his side jobs. And their biggest hurdle was convincing people who were Christians, not just pastors, Christians, that they ought to be involved in local politics because there was such a perception that it was just not of God for a Christian to be involved. Never in our lifetime did we think school boards would be more important than they are now. When Virginia went nuts and started doing their crazy stuff, it made national news. Now it's national news in Cabarrus County. Stuff that's happening that you would never imagine somebody would want to do. Books that kids are... Do y'all know that the, the upheaval in Cabarrus County was not the, now, there are parents that don't want these books in, but do y'all know about the, 
the letter and the, the signatures about in Cabarrus County? Y'all know about this? Y'all don't know about that? Where y'all been? When I heard it, I thought there were parents that were upset about the book and they were signing a petition to get the book out. The petition was from a bunch of liberal, ungodly parents saying we ought to let the book stay in the school. In Cabarrus County, that's happening. Anybody know that what I'm talking about is truth? Yeah, thank you. Okay. When I got excited, I was like, oh, they're signing a petition. Get rid of some books. There was a petition from parents to keep the books in. And then one of the Cabarrus school board members who I got a contact this morning, they want to reach out to me and get some advice. I think they probably know what I'll say. But she read the book. Y'all know her. She read the book. She read portions of the book in the meeting. And another board member said, before she reads this, we need to dismiss all the children. <laughs> the book's in the library for children to check out. This is not in California. This is in this portion of our property, Cabarrus County. It's here. But we got some school board members who love God or at least love our country, or at least have some common sense to say kids shouldn't be reading this trash in elementary school. Elementary school. They ought to be able to read this book. But, but first, before we read an excerpt, let's dismiss the children. You can't make this garbage up. Does it matter to put people to have some sense as mayors, school board? as commissioners, city council. Those are the people that are the closest to us. Why would we not want them to be involved and why would we not get involved? I promise you, you start picking up a phone and you call these local guys, you might not get Richard Hudson, you might not get Tom Tillis. You won't get him. He won't even show up to this meeting that they're having. That's scary. Um, and I had my picture made with old Tom. Anyway, um, he won't come to this pray vote stand because he's not pray voting and standing the way he said he was going to when he sold us a bill of goods and went up there. But that's a whole different story. Our kids deserve it. Our future deserve it. Let's not. You may agree with everything I said. You may disagree with more than you agree with. And that's just all right with me. But I am convinced as much as I'm standing here, as much as I believe I'm called to serve God, that he wants us involved. At minimal, praying for our leaders. These are people, why, these are people called to represent me, represent you. If you had a personal assistant, like my last example, who was employed to represent you and speak for you, and went to a meeting and said things that you wouldn't say and agreed with things you wouldn't agree with, you would have a little talk with them. But yet we shouldn't get involved. I guarantee you, guarantee you, it may not mean anything to you, certainly probably doesn't mean anything to him. But if Ted Budd gets elected and goes up there and starts letting the LGBTQ crowd throw him parties and fundraisers like Tom Tillis has done, I will call him, I'll try my best to get in touch with him and him hear my voice. Why? Because we told him we would, and he's representing us. He came in here and put on a show. Not that he did, but that's how we would feel. But he's representing us. Ted, you said you were representing us. 
You came and said you were going to be a missionary to Congress or missionary to Senate. Do you understand? That's why we're held accountable. Why would we not be involved in that? We should be involved in it. It matters, and I trust that you agree with a thousand percent of what I said. Look, I look at, no, I thought about this tonight when I walked in because I think about this, this thought often. I think about this thought often. And it's a book written, there's sermons written, um, 12 Men That Changed the World. And I came in tonight wondering if it'd be 14 people here or 114 people here, and there's a few more than 114. And the thought happened, because here's what we've been convinced of. We can't make a difference. We can't do anything. 12 men changed the world. 12 men who were just like you and just like me. Sinful, stressed, anxiety, issues. But when they followed God, made him Lord of their life, and they were empowered by him, they changed the world as we know it. What would happen if a church of 100 got empowered by God and said, I'm going to make a difference? We can make a difference. Don't believe the garbage of the enemy that you can't make a difference. Your one call to, to a representative, to a congressman, to a senator, to a school board member may make all the difference. I've been told numbers, and I won't give all those numbers out, of how many phone calls it takes on one issue to get people to stop and take notice. And it's less than you would think. From the state floor to the congressional floor. Because they know, they know it matters. You get 100 people calling about the same issue, they're going to stop the press and start making some decisions. I promise you they will. And if they don't, vote them out. Vote somebody else in the next time. Let's stand. I took 15 minutes longer than I planned, but that's not a surprise to anybody. I have notes with Bible verses, references. I didn't come in here just to share my opinion. I know that might be what some of you have thought or might be thinking. Of. If you know me and you love me, you don't think that, just to be honest with you. If you've if you got some concerns about me, you don't really care for me, you love me, you probably are going to look for reasons to say you don't agree with it. And I understand that. That's how, that's how it works. I don't take this lightly. I don't take the fact, and this is not any publicity for me, I don't take lightly the fact that eight years ago I decided to run for a local political position because I thought it mattered and I thought somebody needed to be involved. And if you were here nine and a half years ago, some of you got on a bus or a van and you rode down to the school board meeting and you voiced your opinion on issues that mattered. So I know I'm not talking to strangers about this for the most part. I take it serious. It's a time commitment. I've addressed it with the church. I addressed it with the leadership. I think it matters to have someone with some halfway decent biblical sense making some decisions that affect 18,000 students. And what a difference it would make in our towns, in our cities, in our state if we had some rational, biblically-minded people making the lowly school board decisions. I promise you, and I could give you a plethora of examples where I know for a fact, not just having Christians in leadership, but having rational, decent people in leadership makes a difference practically. Got to say this, because I was in a meeting, and this is a special meeting. I was special being there. Don't know how I got there. I felt like I was a little oddball out. But 
A lot of times we're convinced that things at a federal level don't even affect us. I promise you, they affect us. I'm not just talking about your taxes. I'm not talking about tax fraud. That affects us, and that's federal. Our current president, and I, I can't hardly say current president without really wondering who's making the decision, so you understand that. And their leadership, this is going to, trust me, for just a few minutes, this matters. There's a movement for bail reform in our country. Bail reform, getting out of, getting out of jail early or paying a fine. There's this thing called no cash bail. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Well, that's Joe Biden. That's the Democrats up there in the Senate and the Congress. I'm sure there's some law enforcement probably know this here too. It's affecting us in Cabarrus and Rowan County. And I was in a meeting, the district attorney, the magistrate who sets the bail, the sheriff, the commissioner chair, the police, the police chief, and a congressman, and I'm just sitting there taking it all in. And the crazy junk that's going on on the streets of Rowan and Cabarrus County, and I'll say Rowan County, some of the decisions, because Roy Cooper is a Joe Biden supporter and literally wants to be the next president and potentially is one of the selections to be one of the candidates, Joe, Bi Joe what is his name, Joe Cooper, no, Roy Cooper is pushing for bail reform all the way down to the local level. So I'm in a room with the magistrate and the district attorney who says, we can't keep them in jail because it's trickling down all the way to Rowan County to where serious crimes, they're walking in like a turnstile and walking right back out because we have leadership from the top down who's saying it's racist to set bail too high, even if it's for the same person, same color, same whatever. And there's accounts in North Carolina where people have been given a bail, the ACLU, NCAAPPRQ, and some of these communist groups are suing our local officials, suing the local district attorneys, and winning because the judges matter, and somebody that got a $10,000 bail and couldn't pay it, and fortunately for us law-abiding citizens, they were out of sight and out of mind for a few days. That's too excessive. Let them out for $500. And they go down to Joe Bell Bondsman and give him a ring, and he gives them whatever. And they're out, and within 24 hours, they're committing the same crime. This is what's happening in America. You say, well, we shouldn't get involved in that. That's garbage. And I sat in a room where I heard Joe Biden's name in the city of Salisbury. And Roy Cooper didn't matter. It does matter. It matters to vote for president. It, votes to matter. it matters to vote for senators and congressmen who are making those high-level federal decisions that trickle down to us because birds of a feather, right? And they all hang out together, and they all want to be the next one up the totem pole, and they're going to tote the company line no matter what. And it's just a disaster. I got more. That's enough. Father, thank you for your word. God, there's so much that we deal with on a regular basis that the enemy would like to tell us to stay away from, but they're foundational truths in your word. 
especially life, especially family, especially marriage, especially gender, things that you settled from the very beginning. May we not buy into a lie to stay out of it. May we speak truth, speak truth in love. May we be. Thank you for listening today. If you'd like to know more about Central Baptist Church, events, and ministries, please visit our webpage at cbckannapolis.com.